0: This is the Actors Diet podcast, episode number thirteen. I am Lin Chen, and today my guest is Jen Wong. So, how how will I describe you, Jen Wong? Because you do so many things. You're a voiceover artist. You are a blogger. You're an actor. You're I you're you're an urban ninja. (laughs) That's true. Did I just accurately describe you? I think so. I think that's an accurate description. Um, Well, I was just listening to your voiceover reel, which is fabulous and really made me want to go and get a McDonald's shake. Um. (laughs) Great. That's good. It means it's working. (laughs) Well, it's very hot right now, and I was like, she's selling it. She's making me want (laughs) the shake. Um, How did you get into voiceovers? I fell into it, actually. Um...
1: My commercial agent um, was actually more of a a voiceover agent at the time than they were doing commercials. And they, so they have like two booths set up in their, um, in their agency for auditions. This Mm -hmm. was back in the day, like, you know, a couple of years ago, even when home studios weren't the norm and like these days a lot of voiceover people have at least a setup at home Mm -hmm. you know and can record and and send out auditions that way but back in the day you would always go you know into your
0: agency and record there they have engineers and the whole deal you know um i'm gonna interrupt you for one second and say that that panting weird noise is julius (laughs) playing underneath our feet continue
1: <laughs> just in case just in anybody case anybody was wondering what that weird sound was it's not jen throwing her voice it is in fact
0: she's the dog. Talented.
1: <laughs> an actual factual dog okay. <laughs> but um yeah so i got called in to to do um you know a commercial that was to read for a commercial that was like It had Chinese in it, and and it was written in pinyin, and I don't really speak Chinese, but I was like, I'll give it a shot. Um, And then I booked it. So, then they just kept calling me in for stuff, and then I would book things here and there, and then I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing this, you know? I guess I'm a voiceover I artist. I guess I'm
0: a voiceover artist. Did you see that movie that, Lake Bell did in A not World? Not yet, but I you want to. see this movie. Oh,
1: I, I heard an interview with her, with Terry Gross, and I was like, I need to see this movie. And I love her already. It's fabulous. Yeah? It really is fabulous. That's so great. And it's, like, woman power, too. Yeah, she's triple threat. Right?
0: What is it with you voiceover people doing all these things? Um, <laughs> can we dive a little bit into Move Lifestyle and also Wave the Wong? Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Tell me, tell, tell every, I know, I know everything there is to know, but tell, tell the audience a little bit about the sites. So um, I have two
1: websites, MoveLifestyle.com, ding, <laughs> and <laughs> WaveTheWong.com. Ding! <laughs> um, and so Move Lifestyle is a lifestyle easing for the modern working woman, is like we, what we want to call it, um, that I co founded with two friends, Autumn Reeser and Ashley Fawcett. Um, and basically, we wanted to create a magazine for us. You know, we think of ourselves as this generation who is trying to do it all. You know a generation that has the opportunity to not have to make a choice to either have a career or have a family that 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 they're not separate from one another right but that obviously takes a lot of work so our site is exploring how people do that you know one of our um i guess signature um, columns is a column called Girl Friday where we interview women who are doing that mm-hmm. you know and how they do it you know how do they manage childcare and how do they you know it, does their husband stay home with the kids or do they work part-time or how do they try to make their dream come true yeah you know yeah so that as well as it's a lifestyle magazine, so there's lots of pretty things, you know. So it is really beautiful. I <laughs> we must like say. to think of it as like,
0: you know, your daily dose of vitamins, like with a cocktail. You yes. Know? <laughs> Which brings us to your cocktail expertise at Way of the Wong. Yes, you are. You're probably the per- the person I would refer everyone to if they had a question <laughs> about cocktails. Is, you you know a lot
1: I yeah I guess now I, I do I I started way of the long as well I started blogging because of peer pressure basically everybody I knew was blogging and I was like fine I'm gonna blog um, and so then I asked myself what would I blog about and basically I am kind of the go-to person among all my friends, of like, what's happening in LA, Jen? What's going on? You know, what's what's the new thing? What's the new hot thing? Uh-huh. You know? Or what's some weird thing that you tried lately? You right. know? Um, so, that's what I wanted it to be, was, City Secrets from an Urban Ninja is the tagline for uh-huh. it. So, um, it's underground things, things you might not have heard of, you know, unusual things to do in LA. Also, because I think, is a tough nut to crack. It's one of those, it's not like New York, which is, you can just stumble upon things, you know, that because you have to walk everywhere, you just like, oh, what what's in that doorway? You know, you just find places. Whereas because in LA, it's such a driving city, you, you can't just go there unless you know
0: it's there. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. That's why it takes difficult. people, especially from New York, like. Like me and my husband, a little while to settle in because everything is secret. It's f- secrets, secrets, secrets. They're all secrets. <laughs> yeah, they're all in the best sushi places in the strip mall, or right. That's exactly. pretty common.
1: That you would never know about unless somebody told you about it, or, or I mean, that's what's so great about so many publications and blogs in the city. You know, like the LA Weekly, or you know, a lot of the um, LA bloggers that. Can uncover those kinds of things for you like or your friends right you know like your network of friends and and they're like i just tried this amazing place right yes. you have to go there yes yeah and that's the kind of thing that is so amazing about la though that i love 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 about this city i and that's what i want people to feel i just you know, I feel like too many people poo-poo it and don't give it a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, they get here and they're like, it's too hard or I hate everybody. <laughs> you know? Yes. And I'm like, LA's amazing. I think you you can find anything in this city. It's just a matter of looking. Well, how do you find these places? Uh, all, all of those places that I listed, you know, blogs and online places and word of mouth. And now, because I've been writing about it, you know, People send me things or just, you know, tell me about them. And then I try and share them with mm-hmm. readers. Um, so I, before, I would just try to get lost. You know, one of my favorite things to do in L.A. was just try and get lost, you know. That, I'm like, well, where, where does this street go, you know. <laughs> if I if I was going somewhere and I had an extra 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I'm like, well, let's just go down the street. What's there, you know. Uh-huh. And you're like, A Peruvian grocery? That's awesome! I've never seen any of this stuff before. Or, you know, I just found this amazing, tiny little Armenian grocery near my house, and there's this tea that I love that's Russian Uh that I couldn't find anywhere. And I found it on Amazon, but with the shipping, it ends up being like $30 for this bag of tea, which I have paid because I love it so much. (laughs) But I was there, and they had it. Whoa. And it was around the
0: corner from me. And it's been there. And it's
1: been there. Probably the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. I didn't know, but... What I, is the tea? It's um the Tsar... What is it called? It's in a... It's in a... It's a Russian tea, and it has a Tsar on it. And it's like the... It has, like blue mallow and marigolds in it so it has this wonderful floral and fruity scent to it and it's black tea
0: um but it's fruity from flowers I just realized as you were describing very eloquently like a wine expert that you probably have a trained a, a trained palate for all types of liquids now not just ones that will get you drunk. (laughs) Well, here's how it started. Um, My dad
1: is a super wine nut, you know, and foodie. So as we were growing up, he found wine and in that super, super nerdy way, right? That he was always trying to, you know, find, I don't know, the, the newest the newest bottles, or like, you know, what did the wine Spectator say, or you know, what does the Wall Street Journal recommend, and like, all of those, he gets clippings and binders, and, and he literally turned my mother's small office... Into a walk-in wine cellar. Yeah. Like, that's how much of a crazy person he is for wine. (laughs) Like, I mean, he built her another office, but he literally took it over. Wow. You know, and built a little walk-in wine cellar. Was she into wine? She's not into wine. She does not drink at all. Whoa. I know. It's crazy. This was his cave. Yeah, it was his cave. It was his cave. Yeah. And uh, so growing up, um, we were, you know... My dad let us have wine, um, you know, at the table when we were younger, you know, like growing up and it was never, it was never like a taboo thing, mm-hmm. which was, I think is also why, you know, I was never like crazy with alcohol, even through college. It was, you know, I, I kind of was a snob about it really. Well, like, when was your I was first, like one of those, when was your
0: first drink?
1: My first drink, I don't know. I probably had sips of things as a child. Okay. You know, um, but I, you know, I I remember having wine when I was like fourteen or thirteen, probably. You know, like like a glass. Like with if, dinner. Yeah. If I wasn't, if I wasn't in a restaurant where they would, you know, give you a really <laughs> hard time. My dad. Oh, but if we were at home, he would, you know. Let me have a glass. And a nice nice glass? And a nice glass. Wow. Like a nice glass, you know, which made me a snob is really what it did. You know, through college, I was like, I can't drink that shit. Of course not. (laughs) Of course you can't. You know, it was actually horrible because I was that person, you
0: know, that I would go to parties and I was like, what is this? Plastic bottle crap
1: you know are you, you are, are you very
0: against 2 buck chuck or 250 buck chuck yeah, I guess I can't drink it I, it's it just horrifies me it's, it horrifies <laughs> me how How? what is it because I'm not one of those people who can first of all I don't drink but second of all I'm not one of those people who can tell the difference what is it about it that you what is it just a taste thing is I it aroma I think okay it how I, it makes you I feel I take it back
1: maybe it doesn't horrify me that that's maybe very strong but i think what it is is if i'm going to drink i want to drink something good you know because my object isn't to get drunk you know like the end game isn't i need to get drunk tonight you know never was let me get drunk it was more this tastes really good you know so for me i would rather spend that time drinking something i really enjoy Otherwise, I'll just have water or a, a nice iced tea. Yes. You know? Like, it, it, for me, it was never about just drinking to, to be drunk. Right. You know? It was always a, a culinary experience, if you You know? Uh-huh. Oh, God, that sounds so snobby. But,
0: like... <laughs> That's the way you were raised. That's that so That's the way I was raised.
1: Yeah. Also, my dad loved food. I, I went along with the wine, I think. You know, he became kind of a gourmand, you know, that he loved chefs and wine pairings and how wine would interact with food how if you took one bite of this food and had it a sip of the wine that it changed everything and added this extra element that just like enhanced the meal you know he loved that he he still does i mean he he loves that so he imparted that on all of us it actually was kind of a curse because me and my siblings um, we all have very expensive tastes, you know, so trying to eat out, um,
0: you know, on a student's budget when I was in college, it was just impossible, you know? Did you ever do blind taste tests to see if, if how much a bottle was impacted how you, what you thought of it?
1: Yeah. I, and, and there is no correlation.
0: None?
1: I mean, a little bit. Okay. Um, I think sometimes the price of a bottle makes you like it more if you know the price. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm that
0: way with shampoo. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, this is a $20 bottle of shampoo, so it's I'm going to so love much it. better for you. Feel it. Feel <laughs> it in my hair. I feel every dollar. Right. In every suds.
1: I think that's true about a lot of things. You know you're like well it's it's expensive, it must be better
0: well, do you ever
1: go into but I love a... hole in the wall places too
0: yeah, like how do you, you know, how do like you I'm know like... what to buy? Do you have a list in your head or is it for wine yeah
1: i I mean I go buy varietals only because i I know what I like, and I know you know sometimes the price doesn't necessarily equal how good it is, you know, uh like for instance wow it's been a while since i drank wine because actually one of the reasons uh, i went into cocktails is because i couldn't drink red wine anymore okay i get really bad red wine headaches Mm -hmm. you know i I drink it sometimes when my dad wants to you know do a vertical tasting or like try all of these amazing bottles at once you know then You know, I take some Advil and I just sort of suffer through it. But literally, under normal circumstances, if I have a sip or two, within an hour I have a migraine. Mm -hmm. It's really, really bad. And that Um, developed as you got older? Yeah, that developed as I got older. Um, Because before I could, uh, you know, have a few glasses and have no problem. Um, How about wine and food? Does that give you a headache too? Same. It's the wine itself, I think. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if I
0: have it with food or without food. I meant like if it's cooked in... Food. Oh, if it's cooked in food,
1: mm-hmm. uh, I haven't noticed. Okay, I think I've had wine cooked in food and not had any headaches.
0: Good to know, right? <laughs> you- Thank God, you don't drink. I don't drink, right? but I definitely but, eat it. Right? Okay, that's interesting. I'll eat a red wine pasta. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not a I'm not a drink drink person in general. I don't like, I don't like to drink my calories. I like to chew sure even like soups i don't want them to be pureed and i'm not a big smoothie person either although lately in this heat i have been i mean i just drank a, a, a pressed juice chocolate, chocolate their chocolate almond juice Ooh, quote unquote good. juice it's it's chocolate it's almond milk it's almond <laughs> that milk. sounds amazing it's almond milk people let's be real but that's very rare for me because i i want to chew um but i but we're not talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so
1: that's how I got into cocktails is that I needed something equally nerdy to drink because part of the experience for me is I love, you know, the history of it. Like, what what kind of varietal grape is it? And what region was it, um, you know, where is it grown? And what's the terroir? And, you know, all of those kinds of things. Like, what are the different flavors and you know is it is it more herbal or you know like there's some really funny terms in wine like it has a little barnyard in it you know which is like means it has like a earthy quality to it <laughs> you know which could almost be like they don't want to say it kind of tastes like hay and you know, maybe a little manure even, or, you know, like it's, it's funky, you know, right. so instead they say it's barnyard. <laughs> like, it's just like a really funny term Uh, today. it's piggish. Right? It's piggish. <laughs> it's manure-like. You know? Right. Exactly. There's just a little bit of grass and maybe some cat piss, you know. <laughs> like... So
0: do, do, pardon me if I sound completely ignorant, but do you pair cocktails with food the same way you would wine with food or no? People
1: do, uh, and and there's definitely times when it can be successful, um, more, but in a lot of ways, the, the flavor of a, of a cocktail is sort of all encompassing. It has its own like sort of beginning, middle and end. I, I would think the ones that go really well with food tend to be um, like palate cleansers or things that they get you ready for food, mm. you know, like... Um, you wouldn't drink aperitifs. it with the meal. Yeah, then you don't actually drink it with the meal, but it, it's a nice before the meal. Uh-huh. I mean, there are definitely things that pair well together, like whiskey pairs well with chocolates or berries or um, in the same way that like a a very berry heavy red wine pairs with chocolate, like a Zinfandel or something, or a Syrah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pairs really well with like a dark chocolate or a or berries or, or things like that. They they have very similar things
0: that go together. That sounded vague and <laughs> <laughs> well, so for example, let's say you were going to have a dinner party and I would think that being somebody who knows a lot about cocktails and also part of the move lifestyle family, the pressure is on, right, right, to really impress. Oh, yeah, those girls so, can throw parties. Yeah, so, <laughs> so for example, what would what would you serve to drink along with your menu? I
1: think I would. I would start with an aperitif. You know, something that gets your palate going, something with, like, a bitter element, like a Campari or a, um, Aperol that has, you know, like, a bitter element, which gets your mouth, like, ready to eat, you know? Or sometimes, like, a a citrus element helps, too, because it gets your saliva going in Mm. your mouth, right? So it makes you want to eat something. Um, so something, like, light like that. Um, also with, um those kind of aperitif wines that they're not very high in alcohol so it's not like you're getting your guests super sloshed you know Right. right before you know right it's like we're not starting with something super heavy um right off the bat and then um probably something it depends on what you're eating um you know in the in the summertime things like Certain spirits are nicer in the summertime because they just lend themselves to citrus and bright kind of flavors. Like rums and gins and tequilas are really nice. Like those light-colored liquids, you know, tend to be really nice in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And they make for nice cocktails. And then, especially with fruit, you know, or or citrus. Um, But I'm not very into sweet things. Even when I put fruit in cocktails it's it's usually just a little to enhance it you know and then I would finish with something like dark bitter and stirred as they say you know something with whiskey you know that that feels more like a dessert it feels warmer and it has like notes of caramel and um, you know sometimes with your bitters in it, it it gives it like cinnamon and, you know, nutmeg and undertones like that. So it feels more dessert-like. Even if there's no cream or anything like that, it still
0: feels... Rich. Rich. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the the right word. feels
0: rich. Do you... You said you rarely drink to get drunk, but do you still get hungover and do you have any hangover tips? Oh, yeah. I can definitely still get hungover. Um, and
1: probably more so now that I'm older than yeah. before. Um, yeah there there are some there are actually some things like on the market that are um that are really useful. I can't think
0: of anything off the top of my head. Like you go to the drugstore and you're like, "Please yeah, give me this that, pill
1: that you can well, they're like those 5-hour energy kind of things, but not 5-hour energy because they they have things that help you metabolize the liquor when you're done."
0: Really? Yeah, I, I don't even can, know that there's a yeah, section of Yeah, that you can take like a, they're like that. these little
1: um bottles and you just like at the end of the night before you go to bed, you just down this little bottle, uh-huh. you know, and a glass of water.
0: <laughs> right?
1: Uh-huh. Um, and then in the morning you might feel like a little rough around the edges but it it definitely gets you through much more easily than had you not taken that bottle interesting I mean I'm a big fan of just like any kind of electrolyte um, replenishing like coconut water or Gatorade or you know anything like that I definitely have that in my fridge mostly coconut water these days but um, so in the morning or even the night before, I you know that's a lot of what gets lost when you're when you're drunk and hungover. Yeah. So
0: that is usually what I rely on drinking a lot of liquids. <laughs> do you find that your cravings change when you are drinking alcohol than when you're not? Oh yeah, I get hungry. What do you What do you get hungry for?
1: I always get hungry for fatty thing. Like I, I am not really a sweets person. Like I don't like sweets. We've talked about yes. this before that I love salty things. Like if they're like salty, greasy, like if there was a plate of chili cheese fries and a plate of cupcakes... Like, the cupcakes could be invisible to me. And I would just go, oh, chili cheese fries. Can I eat those? You know? And that's what I crave when I'm drunk. I'm like, can I get, like, a plate of fries, Mm -hmm. you know, covered in something? Like, I don't even care what they're covered in. Blue cheese or, like, bacon or, you know, like, heavy,
0: greasy fried food. food. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I want
0: when I'm, yeah, when I'm drunk. Definitely. Do you think that has something to do with it being a certain time of day? Because I know I crave those things when the later and later it gets also. Really? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Or at 5 o'clock during
0: co- cocktail hour, you're already like, bring on the fries! <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I,
1: I can eat it any time of day. In fact, I would have it for breakfast. You know, Some people are funny. They're like, that is not a breakfast food. You cannot eat that at breakfast. Right? But I love Brunch, like I love lunch for breakfast and and I love breakfast. Like I I have to eat at at the beginning of the day or I get cranky. Like I'm one of those people who needs to have food kind of at all times. I think it has something to do, like I would read this at some point, like with my blood sugar levels and they tend to drop really fast. And um, so I have to have food first thing in the morning. You know, they say breakfast is the most important meal of your day. And for me, it definitely is. I have to have something, whether it's even a protein bar or something before I leave, but not a bagel. Like if I just had a bagel within an hour, I'll be crashing. Mm -hmm. You know, it can't be simple sugar. I learned that, um, in college I, um, was sustaining on toast and bagels Uh (laughs) as college students do. Uh And maybe a block of cheese sometimes that was in my fridge if I was lucky, but mostly just toast. I'm like, I'll just grab two pieces of toast and then walk out the door. And about noontime, And I found this was happening that at a certain point I realized it was one time I was in rehearsal and I stood up and my field of vision went black. Oh, and I had to sit down again. It came back, but basically, you know, I quote unquote blacked out. I mean, I was super aware of my surroundings. I didn't fall down, nothing like that, but. When I stood up, like, my field of vision went black. I had to sit down and came back again, and I was like, there's something wrong, you know? Yeah. And it was just sugar. It was just that my blood sugar had dropped below the normal level because I would used it, – it peaks, and then it would drop. And then because of that, I found myself um, needing something more complex, like, either, like, a protein or um, some kind of complex – Carbohydrate, you know, like a grain or something like that, as opposed to just like simple sugar, like white bread. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty much what I was eating. <laughs> what do you usually eat now? Or is there? Does it vary? It varies. Yeah. uh In the winter time, I like warm things. Mm-hmm. So I love like a fried a runny egg on toast. Hmm. Or bacon, you know, which I don't. I never have that at home anymore. Um because I'm like, I probably shouldn't eat that on a regular basis. <laughs> Plus I don't like cooking it, it just takes too long. Yeah, it does take a <laughs> while. At least to do it right, Yeah, right? Like I'd rather just have it done right if I'm gonna eat it, right? Yeah. Um, or oatmeal I love too, which is funny because as a kid I thought that was the most disgusting thing in the entire oh, world. And now I'm
0: obsessed with oh, it. Oh, now I love it. Yeah.
1: It's so crazy how our palates change. Like as a kid, here are things I hated. Tomatoes avocados, eggplant and oatmeal. And now I love those things. Like I I could swim in avocados. I could eat avocados probably every day of the year and not be sad, you know. Avocados and are wonderful. Yes. And eggplant I love all those things. But as a kid I was like, "Get that away from me."
0: Right? Yeah. What did you and, hate as a kid? Oh, I mean I feel like I did not like anything that was not processed, basically. (laughs) If it didn't come in a box, I didn't recognize it as food, right? Yeah. Well, I grew up eating a lot of Chinese food, and so for me, it was anything that was not Chinese food as a kid Amazing. and now I love Chinese food and I wish I mean I love every food there's really nothing I don't like sure. anymore but now that's, that is what I crave is like Chinese food when I'm really nostalgic yeah. but back in the day it used to be like you know grilled cheese 4C iced tea spaghettios chef boyardee cheetos yeah that's the sort of thing I had I always a similar wanted.
1: experience because my parents are both immigrants my mom's from the Philippines and my dad's from Hong Kong um, I was born here, but I'm the oldest. So I felt like growing up I was learning how to be American along with my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't know, you know, <laughs> right, like what Girl Scouts was, you know, or yeah, I, you know, what the brown I was not were, being a Girl right? Scout like when I, I was it a kid. Was not yeah. happening. But my sister, she's five years younger than me, they they had it down by the time she was there, you know. But you know i was the one who was taking like soup in a thermos with me you know to to school for lunch and i'm like uh, you know it was like this horrifying experience where everybody had like squeezes uh-huh. you know and like
0: lunchables uh-huh. and i'm
1: like have this thermos with soup you know or rice and some you know weird thing in a in a tupperware container and and so you know, it, it was like an, a point of embarrassment for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Even though now I love it, you yeah, know, I love just any kind of ethnic foods. I love, I just love different things. You know, if it's weird and I've never had it on a menu, I'll I'll eat that.
0: You know, rattlesnake, okay. You know, have alligator, you had rattlesnake? Yeah, I've heard it makes your blood start pumping.
1: It's, I didn't notice that. Uh, the texture was just what was really interesting to me i mean it's like a very thin kind of texture it's
0: is it it's like eel like,
1: no not not like eel at least what i had it's more it is like a i mean it is like a fish to me interesting you know cuz there's like a stringy texture to uh-huh. it
0: kind of like alligator i've never had alligator it's also oh wait maybe of, i've had it in a sausage but that's different
1: right yeah. yeah i it has like a sort of stringy like a fish-like texture to it even though it's not quite like a fish you know it's like kind of somewhere in between like chicken and fish right Does it taste like chicken right or Everything fish tastes like chicken
0: is there any food you won't eat is there anything that you're i mean not by choice Mm, i mean these days i don't eat
1: dairy very much mm-hmm. even though i love cheese i love 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 it i mean mostly because it gives me migraines i get i get migraines a lot um your poor head oh no my poor head it's because um i have a pediatric size sinus i was told really yeah i had um an ear nose throat doctor do you like a sort of cat scan or what is it an MRI or something yeah Yeah. Um, and and he informed me that the reason I get headaches so often is because I have a my sinuses are the size of a child's (laughs) so (laughs) they just you know there's not as much room when they get inflamed sort of everything aggravates them you know whether it's the smog or the weather or like you know if it's allergy season they get aggravated if I have Cheese, which you know, or any kind of dairy, really, which you know, um, increases the mucus in your in your body. Uh. So then it makes less room for me to breathe. You uh-huh. know, <laughs> creates pressure in my head, and then I have a headache. You know, or even like drinking um, red wine, particularly, like that's probably why. I don't know if that's why. I'm you know, I haven't, I haven't tested the theory out. Is it just it. red or white also? I don't know. I I didn't drink a lot of white, okay. so I haven't, when I started getting headaches, I just stopped altogether. Uh-huh. I, I think it's probably just red. I think mm, champagne, I think, is okay. Um, so I'm a, I think white would probably be fine. Okay. Um, but I don't know, because I just haven't drank white wine in a while. Um yeah, so that's that's kind of why.
0: Yeah, well, I I'm I just had a quite just thought of something I I was curious about. You said you grew up eating a lot of Chinese food, or I was it Chinese food or Filipino food or
1: I had about half and half.
0: Okay. Yeah. What wine pairs with that? With Chinese food? Yeah, because I. They like, all I saw was like that crazy liquor oh, that they yeah. were drinking when I was growing up. The one that Counts smells like weird it should be cleaning your nail polish off, right? That and also
1: at banquets they always have like a bottle of Hennessy for some reason, yes, yes, like,
0: or Remy Red, right, or, or Remy Red, exactly.
1: <laughs> like the Chinese love their whiskey, um, and it's you know it's such a status symbol. The, Chinese communities, everything is very status oriented yes, <laughs> right um, which I find amusing. what pairs well? Uh, usually, like a miner tends to go really well with spicy food like a like Thai food, and oftentimes goes really well with Chinese food too um, and that's a white wine uh it's it's a little on the sweeter side so that's why it pairs with like a salty and sweet sort of kind of like has that play although my dad loves red wine so you know I've definitely had like a cabernet you know with chinese food and it's fine <laughs> you know it, it works it works <laughs> so i wouldn't You heard it here the expert has any said particular you can eat it with your low main. has to go with it but you know, sometimes it's nice to just have a really nice bottle of wine with takeout and it just makes it feel fancy.
0: You're right. Right? What would you bring along with you on a like a, a picnic or something?
1: I've been bringing cocktails.
0: Well, how, I, I've been making you, I've been bringing you, flasks. Yeah,
1: tell me tell me how that works. <laughs> um I've been super super into flasks lately. What do Mostly you get? because what do you they're get, so You, Um I am obsessed with the Stanley flask.
0: What,
1: what's the Stanley flask? So Stanley makes thermoses, like yes. hardcore thermoses. Yes, I'm, right? th- Yes, I'm seeing I'm sure the logo right in my you head see right the logo now. Yes, your head. Um, and they make flasks too with oh. the same logo, the same like enamel outside, like the whole deal. But it's a flask. Oh, super awesome!
0: Is it lightweight?
1: Uh, it's actually a sturdy flask. Okay, yeah. As you can imagine, being made by Stanley and Stanley thermoses being nearly indestructible. Yes. That the flask that they make is also nearly indestructible.
0: Do you get them online or is there a store you can go to get them?
1: Um, I get mine online. Um, I don't know if there's a place that you can buy them. I know Barkeeper has so much amazing accoutrement for drinking is this a store it is barkeeper Mm -hmm. it's in Silver Lake um, on Sunset at Sunset Junction and Joe keeper who is the proprietor of said establishment is an amazing amazing man he's just like the sweetest sweetest guy you'll ever meet and he is just like tapped into the bar community too he sells liquor there too so and hard to find things and but really his bread and butter, like the, the stuff that people come in there for is he is amazing vintage barware. Like he goes all around the country at, at auctions and buys them and um and brings them back and they're just gorgeous. Yeah. You know, mid century and um just old school stuff and, and I mean he has an amazing collection also of um old bartending books and things and he's just an amazing
0: resource so, so sorry cool there. what would you put in that flask oh. that you would get at barkeeper
1: <laughs> what would i put in that
0: flask lately um i've been trying
1: to mix cocktails in a flask which is kind in of in the flask yeah well i would mix them outside of the flask and then put them in a flask okay. but just like a a a mixture of things, I mean, traditionally, people just put a spirit in a flask, you know, like a really nice sipping spirit, you know, uh-huh. like a whiskey or um it's usually whiskey. <laughs> I think most people sip whiskey
0: that's um, a that's a spirit you would drink straight up, right. I remember drinking gin straight up once in college and being like, this is never happening again, (laughs) ever.
1: Gin, I mean, you can if it's a really nice. It was not a nice gin. Okay,
0: there you go. (laughs) (laughs) This is a one of those plastic bottles we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. It was horrible. I was like, this is like cleaning product. Yeah, it was like Christmas on fire going down my throat. <laughs> I believe it.
1: I believe it. I mean, that's why so many people hate tequilas because they had terrible tequila. Uh-huh. You know, that's another good sipping spirit if you have a really nice tequila. You know, they're, those are delicious just straight up to sip. Um, But traditionally, like, I, I think most people, when they carry a flask, they just put one spirit in there and then take swigs out of it. Um, So as far as making cocktails in a flask, I would say there's only a couple things to keep in mind. One, um, because it's not chilled, you don't want something like a cream in there, you know? Okay, yeah. Right? Because you don't want it to go bad or like any, you know, some of the classic cocktails have egg white or things like that, which give it a nice texture. But because it's in a flask, you don't want to have something like that, you know, sitting getting warm in your flask. Um, and I tend not to like citrus in there only because there There are people who disagree with me and say it's totally fine to put citrus in your, in your flask. But I don't know. I feel like it interacts with the metal and, you know, gives you sort of that metallic taste, mm. you know. Um, but so for me, I tend to stick with um, the kind of cocktails that are, are all spirit based. Something like like a manhattan is all spirit based Mm -hmm. that it's sweet vermouth and whiskey you know or a rye and some bitters so because both of those things are both spirits they tend to to hold up better if you will um part of making a cocktail involves dilution um, in adding the ice like when they stir your cocktail or shake it Part of what's happening besides chilling the beverage is a little bit of dilution because of the ice melting, right? So that adds, you know, I don't know if, now I'm like going off on tangents, but you know, when people are sipping whiskey sometimes they have like a glass of water next to it and they just like put drops of water in their glass i don't know if you've Mm. ever noticed that
0: i've never noticed that but i'm
1: going to now but part the reason they do that is it opens it up a little bit it just lowers the alcohol a little bit because the burn comes from the alcohol right right so, sometimes by just adding a little bit of water, it opens it up and you can taste the flavors instead of the alcohol. Because the first initial taste of it, as you remember from being in college and yes. drinking this horrible, horrible. Like, yes, there was no drink, water. Right? There was no droplets of it's water Exactly. None. That the first thing you taste is the burn, right. usually, if it's a super high proof alcohol. Oftentimes you taste the burn, unless it's a really nice alcohol. And some you know, if it's a if it's a really, really well made spirit, you don't taste the burn so much, even if it's a high proof. You know, I recently got to taste this tequila. It's the Tapatio one ten and it's a it's a hundred and ten proof tequila. Um which means it's hundred and ten is sixty percent alcohol right yeah um <laughs> let me see, yes do the matter, right? <laughs> um so it's a very very strong alcoholic. Like it's 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 you know it'll put you on your butt um but because it's so well made it's pretty smooth you know for being that high a proof um whereas most things if you see you know the proof on it and you taste it like you can taste the alcohol mm-hmm. you know and you well not the alcohol but you feel the burn you Got know it. so to circle back to flasks yes <laughs> it's like what are we talking about you're talking about um sometimes you just need a little bit of water in there just to dilute it a little okay. bit but you want a high quality spirit because you don't want something that tastes bad warm you, you want something that you can drink warm, which is usually why people like to put whiskey in there because you can drink whiskey neat, you know, room temperature, um, you know, a scotch, a whiskey. Um, you, can, you can drink um, warm and, and it's delicious. Certain things are meant to be chilled, you know? Right. Or if you have something cheap, part of the way you can drink it is, like, chill it, right? Like, you think about cheap beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> that you would never want to drink that warm. But right. cold is totally palatable. You're like, I can guzzle that down. That's okay. Yes. Right? Yes. So part of what chilling does is it takes away some of the flavor. Right.
0: Got it. Right. Well, how do you clean out the flask?
1: I just rinse it with water. Okay. As long as I rinse it that night... You don't let it sit in there. It's like a cast iron pan. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like exactly. those kinds of I like those
0: kinds of things. Because, you know, <laughs>
1: alcohol kills things. So it's not like things are growing in there. Uh, I mean, sometimes I'll put soap in there, but most of the time I just rinse it. Uh-huh. As long as it's not, unless I had something really sweet in there. Sometimes, like a Manhattan would be sweet because it has sweet vermouth in it. So it could get a little sticky as opposed to if I just had whiskey in there. Um, in which case there's not that much sugar, so it's not like it's sick, like sticky in any way or, you know, that's also why I don't put citrus in there and yeah. you know, it yeah. starts getting difficult to yeah, clean. Yeah, no, I would think. But I also don't leave, um, I don't leave liquor in my flask. I'll either drink it or pour it back in the bottle if it's, you know, if somehow like I handed a flask to somebody and they didn't drink it, you know, um.
0: I don't leave it in there overnight or you know longer than a day. Yeah. Well, I could talk forever with you, but I think we have to stop now. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> I hope it's we so some funny. cohesiveness. Well, no, to it's this. just it's fine. It's fine. It just I was so fascinated, and I don't even drink. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Of course. You know, I often get asked why I don't drink alcohol, and the short answer is because I have a very addictive personality and there's was a time in my life where I definitely was abusing alcohol. I don't think that I was an alcoholic per se, but I definitely had a point in time where I was drinking to a point where I couldn't stop myself. Very similar to my relationship with food, which is now a much better relationship. So there is a side of me that wonders if I can... Reopen that door with alcohol. But the truth is, I don't really miss it. That said, that was a fascinating discussion I feel like I just had with Jen Wong, and it makes me a little bit curious. So, who knows?